and welcome back to another episode of the Mainline Minute presented by Homefield Apparel. As always, I'm your host, Tommy Godin, and today we will be getting into a recap of Villanova's tough road loss at the Fiserv Forum at the hands of the Marquette Golden Eagles by a final score of 87-74. to Before we get into a preview of the number one team in the country coming to our house in South Philadelphia, the Yukon Huskies. Should be a good one. The reigning champs in the building. We know what happened last time. A number one team was in the Wells Fargo Center. So we're going to be hoping for the same result, but we will get that all broken down for you. But first, we're going to start with that recap of that Marquette game out there in Milwaukee. Now, this was a game for Villanova where in the beginning of the season, you see Marquette on your schedule uh, in Milwaukee, in the Pfizer Forum specifically, a place where Marquette has won 21 of their last 22 games. You, you see that on the schedule, uh, reigning Big East champs, Big East tournament champs. That's that's a game you're not really expecting to win, but uh, a little pun intended, the, the Eagles had a, a, a notch in their feather. Um, they were struggling, to be frank, coming into this game. Uh, two straight losses to Seton Hall and then to Butler at home. I mentioned they've won 21 of their last 22 games at home. Uh, Butler was the one that snapped that streak with a 69-62 win. Tyler Kolick hadn't been looking good. So going into it, Villanova, a team that just uh, built some confidence, not scoring 94 points in a win over DePaul, uh, went into this game with, I think, a better chance than what we would have signed up for in the beginning of the year. Uh, unfortunately, it was not to be. Marquette ran away with this one at the end by a final score of 87-74. to one glaring stat that <clears throat> pops out to me when I do uh, the recap of this one, 60-18. to 18. Marquette enjoyed a 60-18 to 18 edge in points in the paint. Um, after the game, Kyle Neptune, quote, they scored at the rim at an alarming rate. They hadn't been making shots, but they scored at a way too high rate today. At halftime, I think they were 17 of 20 from two. Anytime you score at that rate, it gives you a pretty good shot. But combining the aforementioned uh, history that Marquette has at the Fiserv Forum and seeing the the schedule as fans beforehand, um, if you had told a, a fan that Marquette would shoot 17 of 20 from two in the first half in Milwaukee, they would probably think that uh, this game wasn't rather close. And while the final score doesn't look that close, it was a very competitive first half. Uh, I was talking to some other Villanova media space creators and we were we were saying that was the best offensive half of basketball that Villanova had all season, including the Bahamas. And that was spearheaded by Mark Armstrong. But, I mean, they came out of the gates firing. Um, both teams did, to be honest with you. In the first five minutes of this one, Marquette was 6 of 9 uh, from the floor. Villanova was 5 of 7, including 3 of 4 from deep. Uh, Villanova jumped out to an early 13-12 lead. Uh, Villanova's offense, they were, it was quality. It was quality offense. In the first eight minutes and 30 seconds of the first half, they were 7 of 12 from the floor, um, which helped keep matters close. The issue was Marquette was 10 of 13 from the field. They had five assists and zero turnovers in that same stretch. Um, Marquette's offense is just so good. Their offense remained uh Good. That's <laughs> the only word for it. I mean, they're just good. There were Oso Iguodaro and Cam Jones. They were combined 10 of 11 from the field uh, in the first half. But Mark Armstrong, 
Um, we'll get to him and Brendan Housen a little bit later. Uh, don't know where uh, Villanova would be. Uh, he dropped in an open three, and uh, Villanova was winning 30-27 to 27 with seven minutes left in the first half. Um, they were only down three, 40-43. Marquette used a late push in the first half and a late push in the second half to come out of the way with this one. But I don't think we can talk about the story of this game without talking about the sophomores on this team. And there's three that I want to get to, but the first uh, would be remiss to talk about anybody except uh, Mark Armstrong. Mike Sheridan, uh, Villanova's SID, he does a great job of getting these uh, game recaps out for men's basketball. And uh, the Mark Armstrong section is titled Another New Plateau. Mark Armstrong's been on another new planet recently. He... if. This is the Mark Armstrong I was talking about when I said I saw shades of Jalen Brunson in there. I mean, his jump shot has been connecting recently, which is why people are are higher on him. But, I mean, his basketball IQ, his explosiveness, everything's been on full display in Jordan Longino's absence. This is a third game in a row where he netted a career high. Um, <clears throat> he had 24 points in this one. He's averaged 17.6 in his last three games. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about, speaking of three of three games, four games, whatever, Brendan uh, Hawson, he added 11 points in this contest. He scored in double figures in three of his last four games. He's averaging over 20 minutes a game. Uh, I mean, there's not a better, well, there's not a better shooter in college basketball. I can say that for sure. He's a top 100 shooter on the face of the earth. It's facts at this point. Um, totally not facts, just hundred percent opinion, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Brendan Housen is a flamethrower. He's Villanova's best offensive weapon. I don't think that's a stretch to say that, um, Justin Moore still isn't, um, a hundred percent healthy, but when he is, he can be a load on the offensive end posting up and, uh, he can connect from deep of course, but, uh, Brendan Housen's a flamethrower and he's, contri- uh, contributed, uh, towards an upwards trend as well recently. And the third sophomore I want to talk about is one that didn't play in this game. It's Nana and Joku. Um, Lance Ware was getting, frankly, uh, bullied in the paint in this one. Um, not as much bullied in the sense that he was getting backed down. Uh, and and Lance Ware is a good player. I, I don't want to sound like I'm slandering him at all, but he had a tough game. I, I think he would be the first to admit that. Um, he wasn't the only one that had a tough one. Uh, nobody could defend the paint at all the entire game against Marquette. They were getting whatever they wanted. I had that stat for you guys in the opener. Um, but Lance Ware specifically was sent in there to lock down the paint, um, a job that Nana and Joku is very comfortable with doing. He's a freak defensively, athletically. Um, he's Villanova's best rim protector. I think they very dearly missed him in this contest, and uh, it's a good sign. That's a testament to, to Nana so far. So that's going to do it for the recap. Um, onwards and upwards, we have a big preview that we have to get to in just a moment. But first, it is everybody's favorite part of the show, the ad read for Home Field Apparel. Guys, I've been telling you about them all year. Um, there's not much more I can say. I mean, just go see for yourself. Go to their website. I just typed in homefieldapparel.com on my computer. I'm browsing the homepage and I'm not a Michigan football fan. I don't have any ill will against them, but uh, just not a team that 
I personally root for. However, uh, on their homepage, front and center, they have National Championship 2023 Michigan Wolverine stuff, and the designs are great. They're timeless. Gives you that old-school vibe. I can't speak for any other teams here. I mean, I only have Villanova and Texas stuff, but um, the quality that I have on every single piece I get from home field is fantastic. Um, use code Nova Insider at checkout. No, use code Full40. No, it's Nova Insider now. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've done one of these podcasts. Use code Nova Insider at checkout for 15% off. Uh, go do some Villanova gear. Look great, uh, especially this Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center, which is where we are going to get to next when Villanova plays host to the number one team in the country, the national champion UConn Huskies. Now, it's no surprise that the UConn Huskies are ranked number one in the country, um, almost by default with the way that the top five has shaken up this week in the AP national poll. But um, that's not to say that they're not deserving of it. Um, I mean, this team is just filled with dudes and bucket getters. Those are my analytical stats for you today. Donovan Klingon is back. He played limited minutes in a win over Creighton in a game that was competitive maybe in the first 10 minutes, but UConn kind of dog walked them after that. Um, Samson Johnson has been stepping up in his uh, absence, Donovan Klingon's absence. Donovan Klingon, national player of the year candidate, uh, level player, seven foot two. Uh, and and that's not a, a program-friendly seven. He's all of seven, too. Um, he could be more, if we're being honest. I mean, he is a mountain. The tallest point in the state of Connecticut is Donovan Klingon. So, um, and he's in- incredibly gifted with it, too. Uh, but Tristan Newton, talk about National Player of the Year candidates. He is one of them. He's one of Ken Palm's top ten uh, players to watch for National Player of the Year uh, right now as we speak. And I mean, this is a team that lost guys like Andre Jackson, Jordan Hawkins, who snapped against Villanova uh, in both appearances last year. Um, but they're bringing some guys back. Alex Caraban, a guy we don't talk about as much. He's been uh, carrying a lot of the water offensively for these UConn Huskies uh, of late, especially in that Xavier game. You had the mic'd up Sean Miller moment where he said he he's going to score 50. And that's what he said, uh, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Uh, he's going to score 50 if we don't tighten up. And he could. And he and Cam Spencer, I was listening to uh, the State of the Nova Nation pod. Go listen to that. Uh, probably my favorite non-Nova Insider Network podcast outside of that network. Um, but Pat and Emma do a great job. They they were saying on their podcast that Cam Spencer and Alex Carabin are, are kind of the typical uh, UConn guys. That, that They just embody... Dan Hurley's personality, and they play with it on the floor. Um, they're both snipers from long range, offensive rating. Uh, both of their offensive ratings are top 30 in the country on Ken Palm. Um, I mean, and, and they're solid on the defensive end too, but what they bring is, is the intangibles, the screaming, the firing up the teammates. It's it's impressive. I'm, I'm sure it's great for UConn fans. It's, it's tough as an opposing fan. Uh to watch it against your team because they are so good um, that you're kind of, uh, you, you hate to love it. But uh, they also brought in two freshmen that I am very, very high on. Big East freshman of the year, preseason, Stefan Castle, potential lottery pick. He was my fa- one of my favorite freshmen in the country 
coming into the year and Solomon Ball goes by Solo Ball now. Um, cool name, even cooler basketball player. Um, I mean, they lost a lot of talent. Uh, they lost Sonogo. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, going back to back national championships is not an easy feat to do. I don't think anybody's done it since Florida in 2008, 2009. But I mean, this is a team that lost a lot of talent, but they're bringing on in a lot of talent. And this is absolutely a conversation that can be had uh, for these UConn Huskies. But with all that being said, I, I don't want to say it too loud, but I actually think Villanova matches up pretty well against this UConn team. All of the sports books, all of the advanced analytical sites like Ken Palm, like Bart Torvik, all have it as a one or two point game. And I can see why. I mean, this is a, a matchup. The biggest advantage I think Villanova has, um, I just buttered up Donovan Klingon, and this is absolutely not to say that um, he's still not going to get his, but he's going to have trouble with Eric Dixon in the same way that two-time defensive player of the year in the conference, Ryan Kalkbrenner, has trouble with Eric Dixon. Um, Klingon can get flat-footed a lot, I think. he's Obviously, Dixon isn't. Uh, you know, Mr. Agile himself, but he's an athlete for sure. His footwork is beautiful. Um, but he's going to bring Donovan Klingon outside the three-point line. This is Eric Dixon when they matched up with Donovan Klingon at UConn. It uh, was uh, December of 2022, last season. Uh, Eric Dixon went off for 18 points, and he grabbed eight rebounds, threw an assist. Um, I think that's where Villanova is really going to um, – attack in their game plan. That's where they're going to circle in on. Um, Mark Armstrong versus Stefan Castle is going to be fireworks to watch, especially if Mark continues uh, playing the way he does. Justin Moore or TJ Bamba are uh, two defensives. Uh, I don't want to say savants, but they're elite defensively. I'll say that. Um, they're going to be tasked with guarding Tristan Newton, uh, which is no easy task, but they're more than equipped to handle it. And then the guys like Hakeem Hart, Tyler Burton, uh, whoever the other doesn't cover, Tristan Newton, Bamba, or more, they're going to be tasked with covering Cam Spencer and Alex Caraban. And, um, I really like those matchups for Villanova. And this isn't to say that I, I think that Villanova is going to win. Villanova is going to blow them out, any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, if I if I was a betting man, I'd put some coins on UConn in this one, uh, especially given the price. But this is a game that Villanova can win. Um Shout out to Willie Law of the Full 40 on Twitter. <laughs> That's his, at Willie Law on Twitter. Um, he's he's going to get bookmarked a lot for that. I think he already has. Um, he, he's very confident that Villanova can get this win, and I see why. I mean, there's a path to victory here. They're certainly going to need to tighten up on the defensive end. Um, they're 38th uh, in offensive efficiency and 40th in defensive efficiency, so at least they're consistent. Um the one thing that isn't consistent is their offense. I mean, I say it all the time on my other podcast, The Road to the Garden. I mean, this is a team that looks different from half to half, nevertheless, game to game. So they're really going to have to to zero in on the offensive consistency. We cannot have any of those uh, six, seven, eight-minute droughts, which has been better in the recent weeks, in the recent games, granted. Um, but cannot UConn is a team – uh, it's not elite defensively, but they're better than us defensively. So, um, at least from an analytical standpoint, 
So they're going to really have to uh, lock in on that. Um, UConn's offense is going to give our defense a lot of trouble as well. They're third in the country in offensive efficiency. Um, if we have another Olay defense performance in the paint, um, like we did against Marquette, uh, this game is going to be over quick. And the good folks that make the trek out to uh, the Wells Fargo Center in all of this beautiful snow that we have out here in the city, um, they're going to be looking for other plans around halftime if that's a defensive effort that Villanova comes out with. But I don't think it will. Um, they are good at uh, making adjustments, attacking the things that they need to attack in practice, getting back to basics. And and I think it's going to be a really good game. I think people are giving um, UConn a lot of um, praise, which absolutely they deserve. Um, but I, I don't count out the Cats. In this one, I, I think I would lean UConn, uh, but don't count out the cats. And that is going to do it for this episode of the Mainline Minute. We're all about being short and sweet. This should be coming out right around 5 o'clock on a Friday. So I hope if you are driving home from work or at a happy hour, wherever you are listening to this show, I hope you do it safely in the snow around the city. Or I hope you're somewhere that doesn't have all this snow. But thank you all so much for listening. I'm sorry that I haven't been putting out a ton of podcasts recently. Um, just been crazy busy this month with my, with my day job. And, um, that's a story for another day, but the bottom line is there will be more content being pumped out, uh, not only on my Twitter at Tommy Godin Jr., but from this podcast as well, go follow all of the full 40 guys, Chris Nataro as well. Um, they do a great job, uh, picking up a lot of the slack. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we will be back with a recap of this episode, hopefully some point Sunday. So. Thanks again, and go Cats.